It's time for Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk on News Talk 1400, WDWS Champaign-Urbana, where we talk all things Illini along with other area national sports. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. You can also email us at talk at WDWS.com. Now, here are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Okay, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the show. We're with you until 11 o'clock this morning, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. The phone line is open, 356-9397. We've got uh, two or three guests lined up for you as well. Good morning, Mr. Tate. Good morning. We thought a month or six weeks ago that on this particular Saturday, we'd be talking about the Thursday night Ohio State-Illinois football game at Memorial Stadium. Of course, a lot has changed since then, and interesting week of rumors this week on what's going on with the Big Ten presidents and whether they're going to vote again or not. Well, this set a record for rumors, <laughs> I, I think, without a doubt. You could look it up. You, yeah, you, you just pick a date that you thought Illinois was going to play, and somebody said they would. And, you know, even today they say, well, the president's going to meet. Hey, I got news for you. It's a holiday weekend. Monday is a holiday the presidents aren't going to meet today. They're not going to meet Sunday. They're not going to meet Monday. That's me. No, nothing me saying that. I don't know that. But I just don't think that anything's going to uh, happen on this holiday weekend. What do you think? I don't think so either. Um, I thought if anything would have happened, it might have happened yesterday. Yeah. But uh, there were some rumors they're that— They're not ready. I mean, they're, not, and they're too divided yet. They're not going to vote until they know how the vote's going to exactly. turn out, right? Exactly. And they don't right now. They're I think I think it's there's no point in voting as long as there is a majority that don't want to play football. I think that that's where they are right now. As far as we know, uh, it's been postponed to fall. Now all kinds of other options have been put out: January the second or third or or uh, Thanksgiving or or you know October eighth. What I said to you back about a, m- a month ago, Steve, they should have waited. On August 11th, instead of making a decision, they should have just waited because they had time to wait, and they could be voting now for the first time, and it wouldn't be embarrassing for anybody to vote either way. But right, if, if you voted against playing back then, this is too soon for you to change your vote. It's psychologically, it's too soon for people, for presidents, to change their vote when they're not that much. Some there've been some change, but not enough has changed. They they know more about students on campus. They know more about the the virus and how quickly they can get the test back, and they know more about myocarditis. Except the thing when I say they know more, they got more misinformation. <laughs> that's, that's what came out of Penn State. The guy announced that, you know, here, the, the number one medical guy at Penn State somehow stated in a discussion with that 30 to 35 percent of the student athletes who tested positive in the Big Ten, in the Big Ten, had some degree of heart inflammation, myocarditis. And then he, and he said, I was, you know, I, I misspoke. Well, <laughs> that was a killer. When you say something like that, it makes everybody wonder, 
And, and now this has been refuted by several other medic, medical people. So who knows? I don't. But it makes it awfully confusing. It really is. There's a handful of games on the college football schedule today. One tonight that might be of interest, BYU and Navy. Mm-hmm. So they're going to play this evening. I saw a thing on, uh, I think it was a CBS television affiliate. They were Apparently last night was the first night of high school football in the state of Florida, which has been pretty hard hit mm-hmm. with this virus pandemic. The, fa- the stands were packed. Is that right? There was no social distancing. There Is was no right? seat in the house. No kidding. It was unbelievable seeing they they panned the the one side of the the stadium. I don't know how many people that it held. You know, five or six thousand maybe. Is that right? <laughs> Packed. Oh. So, Were they masked? Wearing masks? No, heck no. Come on. It looked like a regular Friday night. It looked like they could have pulled it out from last year or the year before, but. <laughs> I was stunned to hear that. They were there last night. But, you know, we're just surrounded by all these states that are playing football. I was playing, and and my school, Munster, my hometown up there when I lived, they played three football games already in Indiana, three weekends. I watched another one last night uh, in Ohio, and they had some fans in, but they were were, uh, social distanced and uh, had masks, and the coaches had masks on the sidelines, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, they were playing. Yeah, well— Eight of the, the the Big Ten is located in eleven states. Yes, and eight of those states are playing football. Minnesota is not playing. Illinois is not playing. By the way, Michigan was not playing until two days ago, Wednesday, three days ago. Uh, the governor Whitmer, um, she finally relented after just they just hammered on her so hard. She finally gave in and said, "Okay, play." Well. Now they're they're going to be delayed. Of course, they won't be playing for several more weeks, and uh, they're they've got rules for the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. They got rules for the Lower. Peninsula. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, Virginia voted thirty-four to one. Their directors voted thirty-four to one not to play. Next to West Virginia, which just voted to play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you figure it out. Well, when you look at a map of the the schools, especially or the uh, States, especially in the Midwest, it's Illinois and Minnesota, the only two really not playing. Yeah, now that Michigan's now, finally in Michigan's there. Michigan's getting set to play. Yeah, uh, and, and yet some of the schools like Wisconsin and uh, Wisconsin just gave everybody the option. If you, if you want to play, play. If you want to play in the spring, play in the spring. And some of them will play in the spring. I don't know how many. I don't know how they're, how they're dividing it up. And Pennsylvania is the same way. They, they 85% of the people want to play, but... There's all kinds of ifs and, and and adjustments being made there in terms of who's going to play and who's not. Do you think the October 10th date that is being floated around, and I'm, I'm saying floated, I'm not sure who's floating it. It's one of the rumors. I'm not sure I heard anybody with any authority say October 10th, but do you think that's realistic at all? I don't think it will happen, but I no. think it would, if they would announce today, to play uh, that they that they would play on October the tenth. Yes, I think they could play because a month is plenty of time. I say it's plenty of time, Steve, because they're already practicing. Right. You said Ohio State the other day had helmets and shoulder pads. They're out there hitting each other. I mean, yeah, the teams are getting ready. Northwestern's getting ready to play a football game. Illinois practice start has started return to practice Wednesday. Yes, they could play in a month. Because Penn State they've, already, had a, they've already been working out for since June, yeah, most Penn, of them. Penn State had a Friday on. night 
Friday Night Lights practice last night. At Penn State did. Yeah. At Beaver Stadium. So they they want to play, and I think Harbaugh everybody wants to play. Wants to play. And, and his uh, and his his uh, president Vissel uh, says no. I mean, and he's a doctor, right? A medical doctor. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he he it's pretty clear he's not changing. He's going to vote no forever. And you know that's going to make it make it awfully uneasy for people up in Michigan who many of whom support Harbaugh. He's just a football coach. He's not. He doesn't have a vote. But he's got people that will follow him. He's got influence. And um, Mark Slissel saying, no, we're not going to play. Well, here's the question. If they vote yes. You have to play. You have to. You'd be committing some kind, of, some kind of suicide if you didn't yeah. play. Yeah. Right? you got to go along with what the conference goes along with. Yeah. The people that didn't, that wanted to play, there were three of them mm-hmm. in this vote. So they're not playing. They, they tried. Well, they, they, maybe, they, 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 maybe they did. I don't well, know. I mean, they were unhappy. Let's yeah, put it that way. Right. They, they were trying to figure out some way to get around it. But the fact is, once the conference, if you want to be in the conference, exactly. if you don't want to be in the conference, you don't have to. You can do anything you want. Right. You get out of the conference. I mean, <laughs> I don't know that North, North, uh, Nebraska is going to get out. Of the, I don't think that's going to happen. But they, if they want to play, that's what they'd have to do. Rutgers and Maryland may want out of the conference. (laughs) They could, uh, because they're of of the teams that reportedly would not play or don't want to play. Illinois, Northwestern, Maryland, and Rutgers are the ones I heard. Everybody else, now I don't know about Michigan, but everybody else is open to be swayed. Apparently, Mm so. But you know uh, what we're talking about here is just devastating for so many people. You you saw we're six hundred. People were furloughed from three to eight weeks by the in Indianapolis by the NCA. Mm-hmm. Six hundred people, uh, fifty-one furloughed at Nebraska. I was making all kinds. And by the way, the fifty-one furloughed at Nebraska all the way to December the thirty-first. That means they got no money from this moment, from the first of September, October, November, and December. That's no fun, Steve. That's brutal. And they've dropped sports, sports, sports at Iowa, as you know, and, and they've had all kinds of furloughs there and cutbacks. And, I mean, there's a lot of suffering going on. It's, it's, it's extensive. Baseball. And we, we haven't seen it yet at Illinois, but it's coming. Right. Baseball last night, uh, the Cubs beat the Cardinals 4-1. to one. St. Louis now 14-15 and 15 on the season. Ujar, uh, Darvish 7-1 and one on the season. He's... He's really good. He's going for the Cy Young, maybe even in the MVP conversation at this uh, point. Eleven strikeouts last night. If I was O'Neill, I would uh, I would just say I'm sick today. I can't play. The whole Cardinal outfield should not play. <laughs> the Cardinal outfield started out the season as the worst in the, in baseball, and now they're worse than that. Okay, you want to make some Cardinal fans cry? Give me those stats you had there. All right, here on we go. Former Cardinal. Former Cardinals. Okay, Voight of the Yankees. 13 homers and 26 runs batted in. Grichik at Toronto, 9 homers, 24 runs batted in. Ozuna, who they just let go after last year, 12 homers for the Braves, 31 runs batted in. So those three, Ozuna, Grichik, and Voigt, add Piscotti, and that's 107 runs batted in by those four players so far in this partial season. Ozuna, Grichik, Voigt, and Piscotti. And Voigt, they just let go. Once they got uh, Goldschmidt, they yeah. just figured, you know, there's no place for Boyd. 
and he's just ripping the ball. He leads the American League in slugging percentage. He leads the whole league. He leads everybody. <laughs> well, maybe they should have. Uh, They'd be out of place with the Cardinals because the Cardinals, the, the Cardinals don't have anybody who can hit, and they, they'd just be way out of place. <laughs> yeah, but now that they're using the DH, you'd, you'd have a spot for him anyway. Well, I see that, you know, they let Jose um, Martinez. Martinez get away, and, and now he's the DH for the Cubs, or at least he pinched hit last night for the Cubs. I think he's going to be some, do some DHing for him. By the way, did you see where Abreu has 18 homers and 38 runs batted in? I'm sorry. Eight, he's got a streak of 18 consecutive games that he's hit in, not, not homers. And he's got 38 runs batted in for the White Sox. And the White Sox beat Kansas City 7-4 to last yep. night. Cubs and Cardinals will play two later today, one at 4-15 and one at 7-15. They're playing a five-game series uh, through Monday at the Wrigley Field. White Sox at Kansas City will play at 6.05 tonight. The White Sox have a half-game lead over Cleveland and Minnesota in their division, and they're 24-15 and 15 on the season. We're off and rolling. Here's our guest lineup coming up after our first break. We'll talk about Big Ten football with former Illini All-American Jay Lehman, now working for BTN. And then at 9.30, we'll talk some college hoops, basketball recruiting as well. Brad Sturdy from Rivals.com, Orange and Blue News. At 10 o'clock, we'll go over to Columbus, Ohio, and chat with Joey Kaufman, who covers the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're kind of uh, getting some other Big Ten perspectives on what's going on or not going on in Big Ten football these days. Plenty of time for your phone calls. 356-9397 is the number. We'll talk it over with Jay Lehman when we continue here on the Line Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Nine sixteen, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly with you until eleven. Phone line is open three five six nine three nine seven. Welcome back to the program, our buddy number forty seven, Jay Lehman with BTN. Good morning, Jay. How are you? Morning, guys. Usually we have this conversation inside the stadium, looking down, ready for the first game of the year. Yeah, that'd, that'd be fun, wouldn't time. it? Yeah, it would be. So tell me when that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I don't know if anybody knows what, when or how that's going to happen. You know, it, it seemed that we going to gain some steam with Dan Patrick said maybe October 10th. And we had Trump talking to Kevin Warren and tweeting that we're at the one-yard line and haven't heard anything, so I don't know. Yeah, but when he tweeted that, he didn't say which one-yard one line they were at. <laughs> it might have been a long way to go. No, we, we, could have, we could have 99 yards to go, guys. So it could be one of those epic drives if we actually make it happen. So do you think, uh, from a player standpoint, do you think the October 10th date, if they would vote in the next few days to start October 10th, do you think that's realistic, or is the Thanksgiving weekend more of what uh, they might end up doing? Well, I would like to see October 10th because uh, I think it, you know, it gives a chance for a Big Ten team to make the playoffs. It's still tight on October 10th. I think it could happen with a condensed season. Um, so I would like to see that. I think our the, the best chance is probably Thanksgiving because there won't be, you know, students on campus for a couple months, and then maybe they are kind of have a quasi-bubble with these teams. I actually think the most dangerous thing, in my mind, is, is to start, and I'm not a medical expert, but to start in, in January and to make 
you know, these college football players play 24 games or, you know, 22 games if it's a 10-game season in a calendar year, uh, which I don't think is good for their bodies, and I don't think you're going to see a lot of uh, NFL hopeful players play if that's when the, the, the time the season starts. You know what's uh, interesting about this uh, as we talk about it? If they play in the winter, let's say they don't play in the fall, these players would still have an – all these seniors would still have another year of eligibility. You realize that under the rules as, as they currently stand, and I found this to be an amazing uh, discovery by, when, I saw, when I read it, that you could actually play this winter and, then, and be a senior and then play again as a senior you, just as freshmen remain freshmen. You'd have two freshman classes in 2021. Yeah, that's going to mess up a lot of different things. Now, let me ask you this question because it's all fresh and new. Are these guys alone that are playing the fall season in the ACC and the SEC? Does no. that kind of eligibility for them? No. I mean, no. If they if, if they play, absolutely it counts. As, yeah, if you play a regular oh, yeah, season, it's not going right. to – you're not going to save your eligibility. It's just right. for the people that are – they're thrown out of kilter, I guess. I mean, yeah, I mean, and they're asking to rewrite record books and everything. Well, they, they and plus the fact you're only allowed 85 players. Kent Brown told me we'd have 100 uh, in 2021. We'd have 100 players, that, right. uh, you know, on the football team on scholarship. They'd have to change the scholarship limitations because you couldn't cut people out. I mean, but here's the other thing that'll happen: there'll be another vote. <laughs> And they'll change it, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll change it and they'll do different things. So it, it's all changed, you know. I think that it's made the, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are just kind of on the outside looking in right now because I think they felt that maybe the other Power Fives would follow them. And with the NFL playing and a lot of high school uh, sports playing in different states other than Illinois, it, it's, it's kind of put the spotlight on the Big Ten. And I think um, – you know, that's where some of the criticisms have come nationwide of you know, if these sports are playing, especially in Ohio, where I was just on the radio show with uh, my old friend and, and son, James Laurinaitis. I was talking on the Columbus radio show yesterday, and, you know, they're furious. They, because they, have, they got high school football going on, the Bengals are playing, the Browns are playing, everybody's playing but the Buckeyes. And so they're, they're really upset. So it's just it's some interesting dynamics out there. Well, as you as a... What would be your feeling about the fact that – how do you feel as a former Illinois player about the way Illinois, the University of Illinois, is approaching this whole thing? When you see how Nebraska's fighting for it, how Ohio State's fighting for it, and how Iowa has fought for it, and, and yet Illinois seems to be acquiescing. I, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about the way well, Illinois yeah, is Yeah, we actually had that discussion yesterday. It seemed like in, in the Ohio State uh, media and in the whole state of Ohio is a little bit upset at not necessarily Illinois, but the other Big Ten members, Penn State, Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, some of these other higher-profile teams that haven't really made a ruckus. Lot. Now, we don't know how much ruckus is made behind closed doors. Uh, at least it doesn't seem like there's publicized ruckus about not playing. Um, but I would be, I would, I would be throwing, you know, I, I'd be throwing a fit to play if I was Illinois, just because of the, uh, first of all, my student athletes and also the economics behind it. So 
you know, I, I, I'm not sure why we haven't seen more from other team, other schools, including Illinois. Um, I know it's safety first with the COVID. I just feel like there's a lot of other, as we know, domino effects from that that happen if we don't have football. Well, it's too late now to uh, talk about this, but we will anyway. But do you think the the Big Ten jumped the gun a little bit? Do you think maybe they could have waited on that decision to maybe about now? Yeah, I think I think one of the criticisms is that, and you know, under Jim Delaney, it was kind of celebrated, kind of the forward thinking of, hey, let's let's create our own network, let's let's play nine conference games, and nobody else is playing nine conference games, and and I think when they went ahead in July and said we're going to do conference only, I think that might have been praised by the outside media, but I think that kind of ticked off other Power Fives because then obviously that that cancels any non-conference games that they had with those other Power Fives. And then when they came out August 11th and and said we're going to cancel the season and didn't really talk to the other Power Fives other than maybe the Pac-12 and thought they'd just follow the line, I think it kind of put a bad – I don't know, it, it kind of made the Big Ten look bad and not really working together among the other Power Five conferences. And it's not a good look for the Big Ten right now in the national media circles when you actually read what's there. So I think, I don't know what the, as far as I know, there wasn't some outbreak that had to be, I mean, we knew that you know Northwestern had some stuff and Rutgers, but there wasn't something that we had to shut down right then. So I do think it was a little premature. I think it was a little preemptive in hindsight but we could look at what you know kevin warren's done and if something happens down the road or there is some big outbreak and the whole season canceled we could say hey he was way ahead of the curve and kind of stood within the fire while everybody's criticizing him so i guess time will tell wisdom is proven by our children right i want to throw something at you about the the political talk you know that uh Paul Klee came up with these stats last week that 24 of the 26 states with Republican governors are playing and just reverse on the states that have Democratic governors. Do you, do you think this is, is Pritzker's um, behind the, uh, the in unwillingness of Illinois to play either in high school or college? I think it definitely affects, affects it. I mean, we, Big Ten is a unique conference in that it spans from New Jersey to Nebraska, among a lot, a lot of swing states. And so there's a big, you know, especially at this time of year, everything's amplified with the election. I think it plays a huge part in it. And I think if you're in Illinois as opposed to Iowa, uh, even outside of sports, life looks drastically different um, in their response to, to COVID. And so I do think politics plays a big role. In this, whether we want to admit it or not, I think based on state, it does play a big role. And I applaud Paul Klee for pointing that out when some people might not want to talk about it. Well, I, I see where Pritzker basically uh, is in, chooses the the board of trustees. Is that isn't that correct? That he's he has a he, it's his decision of who's on the Illinois University of Illinois board of trustees. The board I, mean, of, I, 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 I believe that's true. Yes. Okay, the board of trustees overrules the president and the chancellor on anything. Therefore, yeah, if sure. the if the chancellor is casting a vote, could he cancel could he cast that vote without the support of the board of trustees? In other words, is the board of trustees the board of trustees which is which is uh, under Pritzker 
Are they in control of that vote? <laughs> I mean, that's a good question. It's, it's who's, you know, I, I think it is a fair statement to say that Kevin Warren isn't just acting based on his own opinion. He's listening to the chancellors. Now, but who are the chancellors subject to or the presidents of the university subject to? Well, board of trustees of these different things. Who are the board of trustees subject to? It goes up the line, right? So I think these are all great questions to ask. At the end of the day, I think it's honestly the student-athletes that are missing out, and obviously the fans and the businesses that those fans help are missing out. And there's other places right now that are tailgating and and, and ready to have college football today, right now. How good is college football going to be, though? How good? I tell you, I'm going to tell you, my interest level has waned quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, my, my favorite team's not playing. My favorite conference is not playing. Uh, it's something right now, and you guys track this stuff very closely as well, and I haven't even tracked it. I haven't watched one of the early games. I, I wouldn't, couldn't even tell you when the matchups are and whatnot. I've just kind of been focused on the Big Ten stuff. Um, do I think it's still going to be a high-quality product? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, college football is so much about atmosphere, though. Uh, I'm not sure what that's going to look like when we don't have – full stadiums out there. So I think there's a lot of questions to be answered. Well, you had a goal to play professionally when you were playing for the Illini. Right. Would, would, if we push this back, let's say we push it back to oh uh, January, let's say we push it back to spring, which is where it's settled, which is basically where it is right now until they change it. Would you play? Would you play when, when well, I, as I a senior? Play, I was a, yeah, because yeah, I, 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 I was a borderline guy all the time. But if I'm, if I'm Justin Fields, I'm not going to play. Yeah. If I'm Sean Wade or, you know, I'm Rashad Bateman, I already said he's not playing in Minnesota. Yeah. But, you know, if yeah. I'm a Brandon Peters, i got to play better than I did last year to have mm-hmm. a chance at the next level. Yeah. So I, I'm playing. So if I'm on the board, I'm on. I'm on well, you're you know, talking the about the whole yeah. Illinois football senior group. They're all on the borderline. I mean, it looks to me like they're all, there are a whole bunch of them that want to play professionally, but there there's no guarantees for any of them. Well, what, but what if they what? And now, of course, they could get hurt. But like you said, Lauren, they could go out and play this winter, have a phenomenal season, go to the NFL. They could play bad, come back for the year, have a good year, <laughs> and then you know, because they get that extra year of eligibility, like they never even played, right? So they kind of have a, in one sense, kind of a couple more chances to make it happen. And now it's not ideal, but I, I think you're going to see a lot of the superstars not play. I, I, I have a lot of doubts even started Thanksgiving that Justin Fields would play. I, I don't know that. I just have doubts when you think about where he could go in the draft uh, and how much money could be earned and how much money could be lost if there was a devastating injury to him. Georgia had a quarterback uh, opt out. Maybe he could go back and play there again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you, you mentioned your favorite team's not playing, your favorite conference is not playing. You can't even get a football fix going out and uh, watching Champagne Central play because they're not playing either. <laughs> no, we can't. You know, I know Lauren probably wanted to go to some TV. Although Lauren's daughter was my actual, uh, you know, Kathy Meyer. She uh, she was my uh, trainer. Yeah. You guys know this. She's my trainer at, at Champagne Central. She helped me out a lot, and so I couldn't figure out why he wasn't more of a central fan. <laughs> some, fam- some family members go to Centennial. I can't even get that. That's a bummer. <laughs> um, you know, and so, 
Uh, it's, it, it was really bad. You know, I woke up yesterday morning, and it was a Friday morning. It was kind of cool yesterday morning. I said, man, this feels like a football Friday Doesn't night. It, it did. It, 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 it felt like it. You know, you, you wake up, it's, it's, in the, it's in the high 50s in the morning. I said, man, this is this is, this is what, you, what what football's in the fall in the Midwest is all about. And it, it just hit me, and, and kind of a, a sadness hit me, you know. I, you know, for so many years, you, you get kind of the – training we call it the training camp cloud there's a mixture of excitement and nervousness a lot of hard work in front of you and i still get that even though i you know don't play anymore but we haven't had that this year which is kind of kind of been tough hey listen we know you're on the inside so when you get the uh, when you find out the presidents are going to vote you tell us right oh yeah yeah i got a direct <laughs> line <for> 1-800-K-WARREN <laughs> and you guys you guys can be on that direct line with me and uh, we're gonna we're gonna find out, but uh, you know I, I I do hope Dan Patrick, who's a very, very credible source for sure, yeah, um, is correct that that October tenth is doing. But the, we we've got to have that we've got to have that move. And it, it sounds like at least on the U of I side, I, I've heard that it's got a little bit more restrictive in the last two or three weeks as far as what can be done on the, on the campus. Um, so hopefully it happens, but we have to hear something this week, I think, to have a chance to play on October 10th. Absolutely. And if you're feeling frisky, Lauren and I are too, come on over. We'll do the Oklahoma drill with you, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll knock each other around a little bit. Yeah, the Oklahoma drill is actually retired more football players than the other <laughs> drill. Uh, and I think that's why the drill has actually gotten retired, right? Yeah. It retires me just thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think that that's the one where you shimmy out the basketball players from the football players in high school. You know, the basketball players won't play football. You get put them in Oklahoma drill, and they're like, you know, I'm just going to stick to basketball. So uh, that one's that's we call that the retirement drill. Yeah. Now because uh, it's basically uh, you know the concussion Tuesday drill. We used to call it concussion Tuesday. That's pretty bad, right? Because you just get knocked the slobber knocked so bad in that drill. But that's what we did back in the day. That's how you tra- you prove to the coach that you were actually. Physical and good hit, and you know, we we, we I was going to say I grew up in Lauren Tate's day when they were, you know, not even giving water to people, but it was a little bit tough. They were they weren't wearing helmets back then either. <laughs> yeah, no, no helmets. I think they got leather helmets. Right, right, after, right after you got out of college. Hey Jay, appreciate your time as always. Good to chat with you, and hopefully we're talking about games real soon. Yeah, real soon, guys. Let's get rid of this pandemic talk, okay? Thanks. You, you bet. Jay Lehman, everybody, with us at 9.33. We'll take a timeout. We'll turn our attention to college basketball for a few minutes when Brad Sturdy will join us. This is Alain Ipella Saturday Sports Talk on DWS. Moving up on 936, Alana Ipella's Saturday Sports Talk. Steve Kelly, Lauren Tate with you. Phone line is open, 356-9397. Speaking of Alana Ipella, have you been by the Alana Ipella window showroom lately? It's located at 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They've got a recent line of products you might want to check out, especially if you've had any storm damage this spring and summer from the hail that came through. They've got uh, a line of products called Lifestyle, and they're packed with innovation, including the option for their best between-the-glass blinds or shades that have uh, triple glazing. Pedal Lifestyle has the style flexibility with a wide range of variety for inside or outside colors. There are also uh, performance options to improve energy efficiency and reduce outside noises. 
You can see the new product line at uh, the Pella Window Showroom, 1001 North Country Fair Drive in Champaign. They've got the window and door specialists on hand. They can help you find the right Pella product for your home and budget. So stop by and see the Pella Lifestyle line of windows and doors at the Pella Window Showroom or check them out online at PellaOfChampagne.com. Say hi to our friend Mike Mary and his guys over there. They're open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, Saturday by appointment. Let's welcome our friend Brad Sturdy back to the program from Orange and Blue News, Rivals.com. Bradley, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. You're trying to stay busy as we are, but uh, times are different these days. But let's talk some some <laughs> basketball. Well, let's start with uh, you've got a couple of uh, daughters that are involved in school and athletics. Tell me how that's going yep. for them. Well, you know, it's it's obviously weird, um, you know, right now because uh, there's not, you know, there's the the sports that they play aren't going on. So. Um, They've been having a rough time. They're playing with their with tra- my youngest is playing with their travel team. Actually, she's having practice right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's been weird um, not seeing the high school football, you know. And I, I think that that's been strange. High school volleyball is not going on. So um, you know, a lot of those things that we're kind of used to in the fall, and obviously, you know, one of them being you know Illinois football, <laughs> you know. And and I'll, I'll honestly, from from my perspective, covering basketball recruiting, this is also a time when a lot of official visits would have, would have occurred in, in other years. You know, we'd be thinking about which kids are going to visit which weekend and laying out schedules for those visits. And now, you know, there, there's no visits at least through the month of September. So um, on campus, so it's a, it's a, it's a weird time. It's a weird year for a lot of these kids and uh, they just kind of have to, to cope with it and deal with it. Hopefully we can get to the other side and, and, you know, uh, and get through it. Let's get into the uh, recruiting side of things. No official visits, but uh, they're doing some online Zoom kind of things. Give us an update of what uh, what you've been hearing about Illinois basketball recruiting. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously they've a couple of wing kids have have, have picked other places um, lately, and you know, some kids that I I think they 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 had recruited pretty hard, and uh, so they they they're they've got a nice wing. You know, Luke Goody from over in Indiana uh, committed already, and then. You know, they missed out on uh, David Jones and then Brandon Weston, you know, from Chicago. So they missed uh, missed on a couple guys, but they've, they've got some other options. Last night, as I understand it, they had a uh, Zoom meeting with uh, Jaden Shutt, who's one of the uh, 2022 shooting guard. He's one of those priority kids. He's a, one of the best shooters that uh, I've seen in a long time. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how you describe him. You know, maybe a, you know, he's legit like one of those um, – uh, a kid who shoots it so well that you always have to be uh, aware of him, like a you know maybe in a mold of like a, a JJ Redick type kid. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say he's going to be you know a long time NBA player, but you, you don't know yet. Yeah, but he's just such a great shooter, and he's got some bounce and athleticism too. So I had a Zoom with him last night, and um, you know, so hopefully, uh, you know, he's one of the priority kids in that 2022 class. What's his name again? I'm sorry, I missed that. Jaden Shut. Okay, and. As far as David Jones was concerned, I, th- I I had heard that he had given Illinois a, a basic commitment. Then he then he went to, he changed to DePaul. What happened there? Well, I, you know, it, DePaul came in late. Um, DePaul made a, a new hire. Um, you know, it's it, you know it, everything's relationships, and that the new hire that they had, um, you know, had some assist AD and assistant coach, and some people had connections with uh, some of his people. And, it just became one of those things, but I heard the exact same thing. You know, we had heard that, you know, basically uh, it was just uh, he was going to decide here at the 
you know, here in the end of August, early September and commit to Illinois. But then uh, in the last week of his, you know, of that recruitment, it seems like uh, the call came in, offered him, and uh, and he and uh, somehow he ended up in the call. So, you know, that's just the way it goes recruiting. Of course, you know, the, the way I always – it's not – you know, he hasn't signed yet. Um, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I think Dave Lado is probably – they have a new AD at DePaul, so I'd say he probably needs to win this year. Um, or else he might be on the hot seat. So you never know. It could be come next spring, could be open again next spring. So I think it's just, uh, we'll just have to kind of, it's just like everything else in recruiting. It's, it's never, a, never a truly official until they arrive on campus. Yeah, Leto's got to be in trouble with the new AD because he's been there twice and they've been basically failed both times. So I, I mean, DePaul's record is incredibly bad over a long period of time, the last 20 years. I don't know how, how many years, but. I, I just uh, oh yeah, you you'd think that Illinois could win in a showdown for a, a player like Jones, who is from out of the area, uh, out east. Yeah, no doubt. And, yeah, and you know that that's one of those things. I, I think in Illinois, it's fine. I mean, they liked him, um, but I don't think you know. I think they feel like you know, he's they, they've got other guys that, that that are good as well. So mm-hmm. you know, they, and they've already got a win committed. So they're gonna. I, I think the biggest need for them in this twenty twenty one class is getting in impact big guy yeah. um to come in and play right away you know because i you know it's very likely that you know kofi's not going to be back a second you know he, he's not going to come back the second time you yeah. know and I, yeah. I think he and i always pretty good idea that and they lose frazier and williams but as well but you know they do have some guys um you know like uh, you know obviously a really good backcourt and Mel- miller and corbello so in that freshman group so they, they feel like they've got some strength there and Goody's coming in. He's a very good shooter. So, um, you know, they, they feel pretty good about where they're at, but I think definitely need an impact big man coming in next year. Shooting is a big thing for Illinois. If you look back on last season and look at the reasons they didn't have more success, than they, they only, missed, only missed the Big Ten Championship by one game. So I'm not saying they didn't have a good team, but I am saying that they did it in spite of sometimes that they didn't shoot very well, particularly from the three-point yeah. line. And, and that would be something I would think Miller would be a – Big addition there. I'm not sure about Corbello because I know he's a he's a playmaker. I don't know how good an outside shooter he is. Do you have any information on that? Yeah, I mean, you know, just watching him play. I mean, he he's a good shooter. I, I think the thing about him, the one thing about Corbello, he may make everybody else better shooters because he is such a good passer and has such a good feel for the game, and he creates opportunities for those guys. So what you'll see is guys catching shots in in rhythm and being able to shoot rhythm jumpers and they're going to shoot a higher percentage because of, you know, excellent passes. And, you know, last year, I mean, uh, one of my favorite players probably was uh, Andres Feliz, but if you, when he went to the basket, you knew, you know, he was, he was going up with it. You know what I mean? I mean, that was just his mentality was get to the rim and attack and finish. And, you know, Corbell is going to be different. He's going to play, you know, he's going to play to pass a little bit and he can still hit that floater, but he's going to, read that defense and, and, and make that pass. And then, so Miller obviously is a huge addition. The other guy, I think both, uh, both the transfers, um, Austin Hutcherson and uh, Jacob Grandison are both good shooters as well and have done it at the collegiate level. So I think those are going to be uh, additions that help. And even the, even the bigger, you know, big kid Coleman Hawkins is a, is a tremendous shooter um, as well. So he strength is obviously going to be his issue, uh, but he's got a great field as well. And he's a, he's a really good shooter. So, um, you know, and you know, the, Benjamin Boston Sardonk is also a good shooter. Um, you know, he missed a lot of last season. You know, he came out in that first, uh, I think it was an exhibition last year where he hit a, like a couple threes and, you know, kind of excited and just never really uh, got healthy. And, 
you know, he battled uh, foot injury and stuff. So, so hopefully uh, with those additions and with guys getting healthy and they, they can uh, remedy that because that was a huge weakness for them is the ability to shoot three, especially around a guy like Kopi who, you know, commands um, extra attention inside. You can get a lot of really good looks um, from the perimeter. Another couple of minutes with Brad Sturdy from Orange and Blue News, Rivals.com. A couple of names. Uh, tell me what uh, you think where Illinois might be with these guys. Bryce Hopkins, I know he has Illinois in his list of nine. And Jordan Nesbitt, yeah. uh, a wing who out of the state of Missouri, who I, I think was kind of rumored to be uh, headed to maybe St. Louis, but uh, sounds like maybe his recruitment is still open as well. Yeah, I think with, uh, with Nesbitt, I think definitely um, St. Louis has been the leader for a while, and Illinois is there with Memphis. And so there's a, uh, you know, according to, you know, from what last time I heard from him, it was, um, it was that was the setup. You know, those are the three schools. I think uh, we did an article on it and, um, and where he talked about each school. And um, so, yeah, I think that would be where they've got a chance. You know, that's where you'd love to get a kid like that on campus to kind of see the difference between, you know, Illinois and on a call Saturday, you know, playing a football game as opposed to, you know, maybe a flute. And so just kind of get the perspective, um, you know, whether it's facilities, whether it's the campus, so for them. And so, um, but yeah, obviously the St. Louis kid that, that uh, has that, you know, obviously drawn to the St. Louis area there. Um, as far as Bryce Hopkins, I think he's probably the number one guy that they want he is a kid that can um, – he really feel, fits the bill as a wing. Um, he's got a great feel for the game. He can shoot it. He, you know, passes well. He rebounds. He does – you know, he's a tough kid. I, I think that's why he's ranked in the top, you know, 40 in the country. And, you know, it seems to me like, um, you know, a lot of – there was a lot of Kentucky talk um, early on. And um, you notice that I, I would say that they're, they're obviously the one that people talk about the most. But I think Illinois is really, from what I hear, you know, they've, they've really done a great job with him, and they've made up a ton of ground since he decommitted. And just, you know, just going back, I don't think the decommitment was a surprise to anyone. Um, I actually, I think I wrote back in January that I didn't expect that that would stick with Louisville. So, you know, this has been rumored for a long time. Um, honestly, I was kind of surprised it took as long as it did for him to decommit. But um, so there's obviously some um, – you know, I think in that, that regard, I think Illinois has done a good job. And now you just, uh, you know, can you can you close him? Can you figure it out down the stretch? And and uh, you know they've done a good job getting back in there. And now now you got to beat some blue bloods for a kid like that, though. You know, when you br- uh, bring up Louisville, it brings to mind the the fact that uh, you got Kansas still under uh, waiting to see what's going to happen with that investigation. Arizona, uh, Louisville, uh, LSU. I just wonder if, if those teams, how those teams keep. Get acquiring players when there is a great chance, or at least there was, a, there appeared to be a chance that they wouldn't be eligible for the tournament down the road. Yeah, well, well, I, I, the only response I would have is how'd they get them in the first place? How do you think they got on the list to be investigated? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I agree with that. So, uh, <laughs> we'll let you. So, uh, there, there's, a, there's a reason. We'll let you go with this one final uh, point. Um, Illinois has a lot of guys coming back with Io and Kofi and Frazier and DeMonte and Georgie. So a lot of veteran leadership there. But they've also got a lot of guys that would be qualified to be called newcomers. And not only the freshmen coming in, but uh, the guys that were here and sat out. If you had to pick a newcomer of the year, the, the top newcomer on Illinois basketball, uh, who would you project that might be? Actually, I just wrote an article about that um, this week. So I would say Curbelo. Andre Curbelo, I think he's – I love Adam Miller too. I think he – because he brings the outside shooting. But I think Curbelo is the kind of kid 
that just makes everybody better. He has an infectious personality. I know in in uh, in, in scrimmages and workouts this this fall summer he's been just amazing. Uh, he does so many things well. Um, just he's he's that guy. He's just that guy. He's a kind of guy that everybody wants to play with. You know, I'd love to play with him because you know I I could stand in the corner and I'd just get wide open threes. So he's that <laughs> kind of guy. He just finds a way. So, um, but no, I so I think Corbello's the guy that. Um, really could make a huge impact and it's not going to be necessarily scoring um in the sense that he's not i don't you know he's not going to go out there i think there will be games adam miller could have 20 plus point games uh, and you know so i don't think that's going to be Corbello, but i also think he can end up with double digit assists in games and he just will make plays that makes make everybody better so he's uh i mean i can't just think about him and you know you got the shooters spotted up around there and him coming off a ball screen with kofi rolling to the rim and you know he, he reads that so well and you've got it you know seven foot 290 pound guy crashing the rim so it's going to be really difficult for teams to to defend that good stuff brad always good to catch up with you thanks for your time hey appreciate it thanks guys you bet brad sturdy from uh, orange and blue news rivals.com illinois.rivals.com is where you can get a hold of uh, brad and read what he writes on basketball doug bouchon on football as well our friend kedrick prince also doing some work for them it is a 9.50. We'll take a timeout. We'll have a little open line segment if you'd like to join us after this. Stay with us. 9.52, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk with Lauren Tate. I'm Steve Kelly, chugging along here until 11 o'clock. Phone line's open right now, 356-9397 if you'd like to join us. Thanks to Jay Lehman and Brad Sturdy for spending some time with us here in the first hour. Leading off the second hour at 10 o'clock, Joey Kaufman is a reporter for the Columbus Dispatch. He covers Ohio State football. We'll get to his take on where Ohio State stands on all this. We've talked to some folks from Nebraska and Purdue and other uh, places around the Big Ten. We're just kind of taking a, a spin around the Big Ten in these times to try to see what's going on elsewhere. We'd love to hear from you if you'd like to jump in. College basketball we should be hearing in 10 days or so what the uh, plan might be on that. A lot, hopefully the NCAA didn't lay off Dave Gavitt. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he's a key no, guy. <laughs> no, 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 no. He, he's going to be uh, – he's going to set the dates, and I think that they're going to start – they'll backtrack it from the, from the, from the, uh, the tournament, and, and it'll start – we think it's going to start at Thanksgiving. Yeah, around, November 25th and, and that weekend there. We hope there. so, and, and uh, that's why it's – it seems unlikely to me to start football and basketball at the very same time, but that that's also one of the dates that uh, that the coaches are interested in, uh, having uh, hoping to move back from like January the second or so and move it back to Thanksgiving and have a, a a run before the weather gets too bad, or at least some of the games played before the weather gets too bad. It might be some uh, interesting uh, marketing and television packaging going on if football and basketball are going at the same time. Yeah, well, and, and and there's an awful good chance that they will be. Yeah. That they'll be back-to-back and, and with the NBA, I mean, sorry, the NFL at the same time. I got some news for you. Okay. I've got your bets for the Ken- Kentucky Derby today. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, as, well, you know, as ready the, as I'm always tis ready. Tis the law <laughs> is the big favorite. Okay. But, but I'm gonna, if you are a, a basketball fan... You would naturally bet on storm the court right. at fifty to one. Fifty to one. Yes, sir. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you'd definitely bet on South Bend. I mean, you'd have another fifty to one. 
If you're a young lover, like I'm sure you are, Necker Island, <laughs> that, would be the, that would be the one you'd want to bet on. And if you're a reporter, which you are, Mr. Big News. Mr. Big News. So which which you like? Mr. Big News, Necker Island. You want Necker Island. I know <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> you don't know anything that you think you do. <laughs> I'm a know nothing. <laughs> but uh and 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 uh, money moves, that's another good one. Money moves. Sure. You like that one? Yeah. You got a favorite? If there's a, if they have the Kentucky Derby and there are no fans there to watch it, did they really have it? Yes, because it's on TV. It, yeah, <laughs> only because you can see it. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't have a favorite. I, I never, even though I lived in the state of Kentucky for, what, four or five years, I, I never got the opportunity to go to a Kentucky Derby and never really got that interested in wanting to go. Well, my dad over at Monticello, he just loved the, 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 to bet on the horses. He, I mean, he was, he, over the time, they loved to go to the Kentucky Derby every year they could. And my mother just went just so she could cry when they played the old, my old Kentucky home. That was a, that was a, that's the thing she looked forward to. Yeah, three minutes of crying. Those are some good memories. Did you ever get to go? <laughs> no, I never did. I just never had any interest in it. And you know, my dad uh, uh, bet horses all the time. And so one day I got the wild idea that we keep the money in the family. I'll just I'll just take the bet. I'm, I must have been in college then. And I was doing a little gambling, you know, stupid poker playing and stuff. So I took the bet, and the horse was Don De Niro. I'll never forget. <laughs> that horse was a, a long-odds horse, and I would have had to pay. I don't know how much money. I can't remember now, but he finished second and saved my life. If he'd have, if he'd have lost, I'd have had to come up with my money and pay my dad the money. on. <laughs> and so I never took another bet. That was it. Better to... I took his money, and that was it. Better to pay your dad than have some guy collecting <laughs> named... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, Bubba, yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Well, he used to get the racing form from the guys that uh, from a, from a restaurant over here in Champagne, and and uh, he he was he followed it closely. I don't know how much money he lost over time, but he loved the wins. Let's squeeze in a call here before the top of the hour. Patty is calling from Urbana. Go ahead, Patty. Well, I'm a really good better. I either bet on the colors or, like you guys, the names of the horses. I did get to see Seattle Slough win. I went to the Kentucky Derby that year. And it I don't know if it brings tears to your eyes when you sing My Old Kentucky Home or when you drink a mint julep. They are absolutely <laughs> the most horrible things I have ever tasted in my entire life. Okay. But the experience is a, a wonderful experience. It's just so exciting to go to Churchill Downs and see all the people. Yeah, I wish Gene Lamb was still alive. We could call him and he could tell us, he could give us the great stories about that. Did you go more than one time, Patty? No, I just went one time. My, my former brother-in-law had a box for about 10 years, and we were all always busy doing something else. But we did see Seattle Slough, which was kind of fun because he, the, the kids that bought him always spent $10,000 on him, and everybody thought they were extremely foolish, and he won by like six lengths. And when they sing Old by Old Kentucky Home, they parade the horses in front of the stand. And it, it does. It's a very moving experience. But he just looked up at the crowd like, if you didn't bet on me, you just lost your money. <laughs> okay. Hey, Bye-bye. Patty, Bye. Patty, thanks. We appreciate the call. 958 WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. So who did you pick? You didn't tell me who you were going to go with. Oh, I'm going with Necker Island. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tis the what is it, Tis the Tis Law. Tis the Law. You got three to five favorites. If he's the favorite, I'll go with him. Yeah. 
And you, you've been the favorite all these years. I've gone with you, and it's worked out pretty well. <laughs> we'll be back with hour number two of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. <laughs> it's the second hour of Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217 217- Three five one five three five seven. Here again are your hosts, Lauren Tate and Steve Kelly. Welcome back to the show, everybody. At ten oh two, we're heading towards eleven o'clock, as usual here on a Saturday morning. Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate with you. Phone line open three five six nine three nine seven. We talked to Big Ten football in the uh, part of the first hour with Jay Lehman, former Illini linebacker and a Big Ten Network announcer now we're going to talk uh, some more big 10 football we're going to go to columbus joey kaufman is standing by in columbus he's with the columbus dispatch good morning joey how are you i'm doing well guys how are you we're doing well trying to figure out what's going on in in uh, big 10 football you cover the uh, buckeyes they're uh, practicing these days they've made no mistake about it uh, from the get-go they want to play give us an update on on what's going on over there and what you think might be happening uh, behind closed doors in the Big Ten? Well, lately, if you just, uh, I guess, a little bit of a boots on the ground update would be that Ohio State is practicing, although it's practicing under the the new NCAA-approved scheduling model for teams that are idle this fall. So they're allowed, players and coaches can do up to 12 hours a week of football activities, five hours of practice and, and their players are working out on the field but in the background there's a lot of frustration and unrest and and a lot of that has been triggered by the parents who are being more vocal and in a way representing their players on out in public they organized a protest outside the horseshoe last saturday asking for some more clarity from the Big Ten because a, a big part of their frustration is their their sons are out on the practice field practicing and they don't know when they're going to play next. And I think that is the frustration for, for a lot of the players, the coaches, and their parents is when what is what does the roadmap look like for when we might see a field for a game? It's got to be awful frustrating uh, with the, the biggest game in the state, which is Ohio State football. Uh, on the sidelines, when the high schools are playing, the NFL is getting set to play. That's that's a, a, a tough call for a football crazy state, especially because Ohio State football is the one team that is popular in every corner of the state. There's no other Big Ten school in Ohio, and, and you have some major metropolitan areas: Cleveland, Cincinnati, and they have different rooting interests on a professional level. And you have Dayton with Dayton basketball and Toledo, but Ohio State football is the one, I would say, team across the high school, college, and pro level that is going to be popular no matter where you go. And it's, it's in a lot of ways the unifier in the state from a from a sports perspective because everybody roots for the Buckeyes. Well, what do you what do you see actually happening? What's what's your opinion on when the the presidents will get together and vote? And I don't think they will vote unless they're going to vote it back in. Obviously, there's no point in voting. I think they're feeling each other out right now, and it looks like they're not getting. You're not getting much of a positive response from Michigan at this point. What What do you think? I think 
it seems like there's been a lot of, I guess, reporting around an October start date, and it feels more like wish casting. A lot of people want to see the Big Ten back on the field and maybe compete for a college football playoff, but a lot of the athletic directors who have come out and spoken publicly have said the earliest start date that they've really discussed has been around Thanksgiving. So I have a hard time seeing Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, all these Big Ten teams taking the field in a month because if they're going to do that, you need four to six weeks of a training camp. So to me, you really would have to be prepared to make a U-turn now. You don't have yeah. – if you're going to see the field in mid-October, you can't wait two, three weeks to turn around and start preparing. you got to ramp up tomorrow or yesterday. Well, I, I wonder – you know, I, I think much of the motivation that comes from Ohio is the fact that Ohio State is a likely – Final Four participant. In other words, they're probably going to, you know, better chance than not that they'd make the playoffs, whereas the Minnesotas and the Illinois and the Iowas are, are so much more likely, un, unlikely to to be even concerned about that. Uh, do, you, do you think that's a, a lot of the motivation there is because this could have been a national championship team? Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think Ryan Day called it a potentially a once-in-a-lifetime or once-in-a-generational team and you have one of the Justin Fields who's arguably uh, one of the top three guys and going to be going after would have been going after the Heisman Trophy you have all this talent on the team and recently Ohio State has really measured themselves more against the South the ACC the SEC Clemson LSU Alabama those are the teams that I think Ohio State fans especially measure themselves against those those blue blood teams from the south the ones who win the national titles because just of the way that the Buckeyes have run through the Big Ten for the last decade they want a chance to to compete for a national title so the idea of a spring season and a, or a winter season is just less appetizing to the fan base because they're not going to have those opportunities it seems like the only way they would get those opportunities if the those other major conferences backdoor themselves into a spring season because of delays or, or whatnot. But I, I think you're you're exactly right. They they want to compete in the college football playoff, and at this point, they're not going to get the chance. Talking to Joey Kaufman, he's with the Columbus Dispatch, covering the Ohio State football Buckeyes. How long have you been back over there now? You a couple of years, right? Yeah, for last last year was my first year covering the B, and it was a. It was a pretty good year because they, they run through everybody the whole regular season. They end up going to the playoffs and ends up being this heartbreaking loss. That, that loss is really – the loss to Clemson is going to sting even more because I think a lot of people thought last year when they lose to Clemson in the playoff, well, this stinks. This is a really tough loss to take, a tough total to swallow. But, hey, at least Justin Fields is coming back another year under Ryan Day. And, and now they don't even get that opportunity to, to avenge last season's loss to Clemson. When they get that opportunity, uh, if it's this fall or even Thanksgiving weekend, what are they saying about what the crowds will be like? Has there been a number put on the crowds that they would have under the current uh, situation? I can't see it being a very big crowd if they were to play in the fall or late winter because even at most they were talking about if they were going to play in September or October having attendance cap at 20%. So you're talking remove four fifths of the horseshoe. What well, I think, and even now the the Columbus Crew, the MLS soccer team in Columbus, are talking about having 1,500 fans 
at, at Sunday's game against FC Cincinnati, and, and that got a, uh, a little bit of a public scolding from the Columbus Public Health Department where they don't approve of the plan for, for the crew to have 1,500 fans. So now you imagine having a crowd much larger than that at Ohio State football game. I have a tough time uh, seeing maybe much more than parents, families, and sort of a smattering of boosters and students. Do you think um, the Ohio State folks are working uh, the back rooms, so to speak, or making calls to to the other presidents, maybe in the Big Ten, trying to to get them to change their mind? Or how do you do you think things are going on behind the scenes? Ohio State is definitely, along with Nebraska, and it may not be as loud publicly as Nebraska, but behind the scenes, I mean, I don't think Ohio State has made any secret publicly that they would they were not in favor of of calling off. The season they were incoming president Christina Johnson was one of the three presidents who cast her vote against the the 11 to three vote to, to postpone the season. Their their preference was to to wait it out and see what could develop as far as rapid testing and the ability to to have a clean field or to have healthy healthy rosters. So Ohio State is definitely going to be in the camp and in the politicking camp of trying to get a season as soon as possible. What has happened on the campus so far uh, in terms of furloughs, in terms of, uh, well, not the campus necessarily, but in terms of the department? And are, are they cutting back any sports? Or they think, is there a backlog of money that we don't know about? I mean, what's the status financially? They are facing a, a, what they've ballparked it as. They're, they're estimating to lose about $130 million dollars in revenue um so now we're expecting some sort of shooter drop well there what kind of steps will you then make to to mitigate the loss of, of this revenue which makes up more than half of ohio state athletics operating budget but they haven't announced any furloughs yet gene smith has said they don't plan to, to cut any sports they, they've maintained that line all along they do not want to cut sports which is Notable because Ohio State has 36 varsity sports teams, the largest uh, athletic department in any major conference school. And I would expect them to, to not change course on at least uh, cutting sports or, or seeing some of the drastic steps. I would expect them to kind of to maybe do some patchwork stuff. Maybe you could furlough people. But I know people see the, the Ohio State could lose $130 million. That seems really severe. I think it also speaks – to their ability in the long run to recoup some of that revenue. So there's probably a way for them to, to borrow money from the university or get some loans that way and, and get some subsidies from campus in general to, to float the athletic department for a couple of years. But the way they fill that stadium with 100,000 people and the amount of money they get from the Big Ten TV deal, you would think over the course of this decade the money's going to keep coming in, even though this is a, a huge huge hole in the budget for this fiscal year in 2020. Well, you know, when when you talk, everybody's uh, talking like this, you know, it's losing $75 million or hundred more than $100 million in lost revenue, but aren't, shouldn't we take into consideration the fact that we're likely, I think, we're likely to play basketball in front of a TV audience, and we're likely to play some uh, number of football games, eight or ten, I would think, in front of a TV that much of that 130 you're talking about, they ought to be able to get back some of it uh, in this school year. I mean, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I would think that I don't understand why everybody is assuming that there won't be any games at all when they're 
they're they're definitely uh, planning to play at the worst in the spring, and they get some of that money back then. I think you're right. If they if they if they do play in the spring, that's going to go a long way toward recouping some of some of these massive holes they're looking at because. That's the second biggest revenue generator for for schools, at least for Ohio State. It is is the, the revenue distribution and payout from the Big Ten's TV contract. So even if you are able to play some of the games in the spring and, and maybe some of your best players don't play, that's going to have a big effect on you being able, on Ohio State being able to get and recoup some of the money they're losing. But at least for Ohio State at this point just not being able to have fans in your stadium is a huge deal because they, they pull in a quarter of their budget comes from just ticket sales. They, they have about a $200 million operating budget, a little, little North of that, but they, right. they make about $50 million a year and, and, and just, just ticket sales alone, not, not to add the merchandise, the, the parking, but you're right. If they, they can play a men's basketball season and play all those games on, on TV you can play the NCAA tournament. You get TV money from that. You play some football games in the spring. I think it becomes less. It obviously becomes less dire. If you play in the spring, roughly, would how many guys, how many Ohio State Buckeyes do you think would opt out and not play? I think you're looking at a lot of guys who would normally get drafted wouldn't play, um, which which is usually each year about close to. 10 guys. So I think you could conceivably see maybe 10 guys not play. Cause that's just the, the normal, the, the, the standard amount of guys who might get invited to the combine or, or get drafted. And the, and the issue for them becomes if you're playing a game in February and March, well, the combine's in late March. And so if, if you're Sean Wade, who's going to be a first round cornerback, if you're Justin Fields, who's going to be a, possibly a top 10 pick, if all those guys want to, to work out in front for teams at the Combine, go to private workouts to help their draft stock. And, 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 and that aside, too, they also want to play as a rookie in the NFL. And, well, NFL training camp start in July, late July. So if you're talking about playing a college football season that runs up into, into March, it's gonna make it. It's gonna make it hard for you to play immediately in the NFL. So they'll lose a lot of guys, and and that's another reason why Ohio, I think Ohio State people don't have maybe the stomach for a spring or winter season as a lot of schools do. But the point of a spring season is to make up money and and to to keep your enterprise going. It's not not for the ten Ohio State players who are gonna right go pro. You know, I'm I'm interested. Uh... That they said this could be the chance of a lifetime or that his team. Did you? How many players were lost to the draft last year? I mean, not seniors, but underclassmen who went early. How many? How many? How? how what was that number? They lost three guys early to the pro, which is actually a little lower than normal. Uh, they lost uh, Jeff Okudu, who ended up being third overall to the Detroit Lions. They lost Chase Young, who who went uh, number two to to Washington. And then J.K. Dobbins was the running back, two thousand yard rusher. He declared early, but other than that, okay. they did not lose any early entrance. So some, a lot of guys came back. Sean Wade came back. Baron Browning came back. So three for them is actually a pretty good, pretty good year. Okay, then that explains it. <laughs> I didn't realize. I thought they had more than that that went early, but uh, they have so many people in the draft anyway. It's just uh, amazing year after year how many quality players are turning out. Hey, Joey, we appreciate your time this morning. Um, 
keep up uh, your work over there, and we'll uh, we'll check in with you again down the road. Yeah, nice talking with you guys as, as always. You bet. Joey Thanks, Kaufman George. from the uh, Columbus Dispatch covers Ohio State football over there for that uh, fine newspaper. It is 10-17. We'll take a break here and be back with more. We've got an open line the rest of the way. If you've been uh, sitting around thinking uh, you'd like to uh, give us a call, anything on your mind, feel free to do it. you got a good time ahead to do that. We'll be back with more on the Line Pella Saturday Sports Talk after this. Join us Monday night for the first Fighting Illini Weekly, 7 to 8 here on DWS. Our guests, Lovey Smith, Kevin Hardy, and Martin O'Donnell, Monday night. It is moving up on 1020, that Illini Weekly coming up, as Brian said there, Monday night. They're basically kind of replacing, at least at the time being, the Lovey Smith show, which is always going on uh, during football season and later the Brad Underwood show, so listen for that coming up. Been kind of a difficult week for the Smith family with uh, Michael Smith being arrested in uh, Arizona earlier this week. Yeah, that that's really bad, and, and uh, I'm sure that uh, it hurts Lovey deeply, and uh, just one of those things that uh, I, w- I wouldn't know what to say. I, I don't know enough about it, but, I, but uh, he's been charged, I think, four or five counts of um, basically pimping, and um, it's too bad. Money laundering, I mean, it's, it's just a lot of stuff involved there. We've got the phone lines open at 356-9397. Feel free to jump in here on an open line the rest of the way. We've talked some baseball. We'll do that some more if you'd like. We've talked Big Ten football. Um, how about uh, the NBA? I'm not watching a lot of that, but uh, Kendrick Nunn finished second. Mm-hmm. in the NBA Rookie of the Year voting to uh, Ja Morant. And who would have thought that he would have gotten more votes than Zion Williamson? Well, he wouldn't have if Zion had well, I know, I get that. But, <laughs> but, you know, but he the, wouldn't have been in the conversation. Nobody was thinking about Kendrick Nunn and, at that and, point. And the really uh, unfortunate thing is toward, in the playoffs toward the end of the season, Nunn was really falling off right. quite sharply, but had a wonderful start and had a great run and was in the starting lineup for a long time, although not in the playoffs. Let's go back to the phones and see what's going on in the state of Maryland, where Eric is with us. Hey, Eric. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. What's on your mind? I think uh, I heard the first segment with Jay Lehman, Jay Lehman and, and Lauren. I, I, I do think it's highly political. Um, I mean, the states where they're not playing, you got Democratic governors. I mean, and then, and then the people making these decisions. I'd like to see their resumes. I'd like to see these presidents and chancellors. Have, have they ever played a sport in their life? I bet they haven't even played slow-pitch softball. I mean, these guys don't understand the ripple effect. I mean, Mike, both of my children go to SEC schools. They're playing football. There's COVID. They're dealing with it. I, I mean, the Big Ten stands to lose not just revenue, but recruits, regular students. I mean, my kids went to those schools. A lot of reasons for sports. Well, the prestige and the you know has gone way down in the Big Ten. Don't question during this time. Now, a lot of people think it's proper not to play. I, mean, I have to say that, you know, I, I, I every time, uh, uh, every I, there are certain people that are going to come out against the idea of playing no matter what, and there's some of us that just think we should run the risk, and that's where we are. We're split, although the split seems well, to be. Go ahead. How are they going to play basketball? You got an indoor coliseum. Maybe there's not going to be fans, but you got guys sweating right up against each other. How are they going to play that suddenly a miracle after November? I mean, 
I'm telling you, when these elections are over, you're going to see a lot of stuff go back to normal. And it's, I don't know who's going to win the election, but after November 3rd, you're going to see a lot of stuff tip the other way. And uh, I just don't know how you talk about basketball starting when the nature of basketball is, is more, you're more in contact with each other. You're in a confined space. I mean, how, well, how you have you have you have fewer you have fewer players than you do in football, for one thing, and they may play in 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 places where uh, they might have a number of teams go uh, a certain place and play for a while, uh, a week or two, and and they could do that because the, the athletes are all online classes anyway, and you're seeing a, a, I think you'd call it successful run by the NBA, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say that, that this has been successful so far? I guess I don't. I don't see Brad Underwood canvassing the sideline with a mask on. Does he do that at the practices? Yeah, I guess he probably does. Well, I'm sure he's wearing a mask at practice. Yes, I'm sure he is. Well, well I, I think I, I'm not there fans. to view it, so I don't know. We're not allowed in. <laughs> well, they're going to lose recruits. They're going to lose student enrollment. I mean, they. They don't. They're not looking at the ripple effect. They really. If they're looking at the ripple effect, they would have got this thing up and running. I mean, well, the, the kids are. The brand has been damaged. No doubt about it. I'm, I'm an SEC guy now. Both my kids go to Florida and and Ole Miss. Well, you say the SEC is playing, but they're not playing yet. <laughs> yeah, they're planning well, on playing. My, I, I like the president there. This guys understand how important football is to society in general. I mean, these these chancellors and presidents. I'd like to see their resume and how many sports they played in their lives. Maybe you guys can dig that up. All right. We appreciate the call. Thanks. I'm not sure it's important how many. No, I mean, the president may not know anything about the engineering department, but you've got to have somebody in charge over the whole thing, whether it's journalism or, you know, whatever it might be, English, whatever, mathematics, computer science. You got to have one guy over the top. He may not be an expert in any of those things. He might be a like the like uh, the uh, president of Michigan. He might be a, a medical man. Hey Eric, I'm curious. You're calling from Maryland. Uh, what are your ties to Illinois? Do you have Illinois ties? Yeah, I, I graduated from Illinois back in the '80s. I wrestled there. I was on the wrestling team. So, how about that sport? Are they ever going to ever going to be able to start wrestling? <laughs> I don't know. You, you could probably answer that better than us. They, they could they could I, I, they could hold wrestling if nobody touched. <laughs> yeah, that'd be everyone would be undefeated then, wouldn't it? Well, we appreciate yeah. you listening well, for sure. I appreciate it. Love love hearing you guys. Thanks. Three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number if you'd like to join us here on Alana Ipella Saturday Sports Talk as we work our way towards eleven o'clock on this September the fifth. On a day we should be talking about college football and we are in a way but we're talking about the the lack of college football and the weather the way it changed jay was talking about that uh, last hour the weather the way it changed the last couple of days it, it felt like football weather when you got up in the last uh, two or three mornings getting yep. set to go getting set to kick it off with that first game was scheduled to be ohio state at illinois on thursday night on national tv that would have been fun yeah, it really would. It's, it's 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 a big blow. And the next time there is a game, we don't know what the situation will be on how that game is covered by reporters. It's going to be uh, everything's going to be up in the air. Yeah, I I know that uh, Kent Brown's got a problem allowing anybody 
over the age of 85 in the, in, <laughs> in the press that, box. That age may not be that high. It might come down lower than that That's right. when but, you get right down to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it, we're in a terrible mess right now. This is really bad. And as I mentioned to the, uh, the caller, the, the brand is just so badly damaged right now. There's such a split in the conference, and we don't know exactly. We know that Nebraska is just doing everything possible to try to get people uh, to, to join them in, in bringing the sport back, and so is Penn State and so is Ohio State. I think you've got about four or five schools, but they've got to get nine. They've got to get nine of the 14 to vote favorably, and they're not going to vote until they have those nine. They're going to be they're going to be talking over the phone. They're going to be zooming. They're going to be they're going to figure it out. And and there's, it looks to me like you've got a number that are in in cement that are not going to that are not going to come back. Let's go back to the phones. John in Champaign. Good morning, John. Good morning. Um, I just have a question for Lauren. And at one time they did a uh, all-time Illinois basketball team. I was wondering if the same thing was going to happen for football, just by position, the best, if they give their opinion of the best players Illinois ever had by position. You mean they, you mean the University of Illinois come out with that? No, 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 the News Gazette. Oh, well, I don't know. I, I, I haven't ever heard of any discussions like that. Of course, like the that. university did an all-century team mm-hmm. a while yeah. back. Yeah. Uh-huh. The News Gazette did an, uh, 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 I think it was you did it, Lauren, but did it, uh, a team ahead of. How many years oh, ago are you talking about? Oh, it could have been 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it could have been 20. <laughs> could have been 20? Okay, I've, been. I've been retired for 20 years. I don't think I've done it since I retired. Well, we, you and I have talked about it on this show. Um, yeah. The best players. I think it was 20 because, well, you know what? I No, wait a minute. I don't think, I think D. Williams and uh, Darren Williams was on the team, so. Oh, okay. So it might not... So it might not have been 20. It could have been 15. Yeah. I don't know. But it was not. I, I just don't know. I, I don't know uh, what what the Matt Daniels is planning as a sports editor, and I'm sure that uh, Scott Ritchie could do it. But Well, who would be on your all-time team, John? Oh, well, you'd have to start out like with David Williams, and you'd have to go with Dick Buckus. Uh, boy. You'd have to get in there like Jim Jariga. Uh, boy, you know, you could start out at uh, probably – I might even go with Dave Williams at quarter – Dave Wilson at quarterback, I mean. Uh, went out off the top of my head. I'm kind of tongue-tied. I, I hear you. I, I did that. I'm, I'm digging, who, who would be your quarterback, Steve? I'm digging through my, my notes right now. Eason would be my quarterback. Yeah, I think he would be mine too. Tony Eason. Um, they had three good ones in a row, Wilson, Easton, and Trudeau. That yes. wasn't bad, all from no. California. I'm digging through a stack of stuff that I carry around with me for no apparent reason. <laughs> but I, yeah. I, I've done that where I picked, uh, I think Marty, who calls from uh, North Carolina regularly a while back, said, hey, Steve, here's a project for you to put together your all-time Illinois football team by position. And I did yeah. that, and uh, I don't know what I did with it because really? we – we but never you, talked about it on the air, I don't think. If you had, I wonder if I, I you know, I should have looked around it, but I do know there there was an all time basketball team put out for Illinois. They're all you know, the News Gazette did it, and if I kind of remember, I think maybe the the all time five. 
I think I do believe that I know. Uh, I think Nick Anderson might have been first team. Sure, he would. Hey, John, good stuff. We'll uh, we'll look into it a little bit here and uh, maybe kick that around a little bit here in the final 30 minutes. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling. Right. Kurt right, have bye. to be your center. Yeah. Philip would probably have to be honored, even though that goes an awful long way back. Here's what yeah. I did. Steve, okay. Steve is calling for Princeton. Hang on a minute, Steve. What I did was I picked 40 man, a 40-man football roster. Oh, my. And a 15-man basketball roster roster okay. all Illinois stuff okay quarterbacks real quick I had uh, Jack Trudeau Tony Eason Jeff George mm-hmm. I didn't exactly pick a starter but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, running backs I picked five running backs Red Grange JC Caroline Jim Gr- uh, Grabowski Bobby Mitchell and Buddy Young you can argue somebody else in there if you like. I could argue uh, Bobby Mitchell because he was a much better player in college than he was in in college. Um, the other in, way around. In, 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 yeah, in the yeah. NFL than he, than he was in college. Um, but um, I see where you're coming from. Yep. I had four wide receivers, David Williams, Brandon Lloyd, A.J. Jenkins, and Aurelius Ben. Okay. Tight ends, two, Tim Brewster and Ken Dilger. Okay. Uh, offensive lineman, Alex Agassi, Jim mm-hmm. Jeriga, mm-hmm. Jeff Allen, Dave Deal, yep. Martin O'Donnell, Ted Karras, Nick Allegretti. And, and you know some of the old-timers better than I do. Yeah. Uh, the problem with, with picking linemen, even like Agassi, is those guys came in a little over 200 pounds. I know. And these guys are... More recent guys are all, you know, all, yes. the, all the Illinois linemen are now 300 pounds. Yep. I picked a kicker. I went with Jason Rita, the all-time leading scorer. Mm-hmm. A kick returner. I wanted to pick Dyke Edelman. He, he was more of a punt returner. Mm-hmm. Maybe I did I, when I get down to that. Um, Pierre Thomas is who I picked as yeah. kick returner. Pierre Thomas would be a good one. Defensive lineman. I picked five. Simeon Rice, Mo Gardner. Whitney Merciless, Don Thorpe, and Scott Davis. Don Thorpe was the MVP of the league. He was. Linebackers, here you go. There's a good group. Oh, I, boy. I picked six. Uh, Dick Butkus, Dana Howard, Kevin Hardy. Those were the no-brainers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray Nitschke, Don Hansen, and John Sullivan. John Sullivan had a million tackles. He did. He still got and some leave, records in tackles. off uh, Jay Lehman. Yep. He was a really good one. Yeah, he was. Defensive backs, Al Broski, Eugene Wilson, Henry Jones, Vontae Davis. Some of those guys, with the exception of Broski, were more recent guys than, mm-hmm. than I knew a little well, better. You, ha- you can't leave off Broski. When he's, no. He still holds the uh, record for most interceptions. Yeah. And I picked a— uh, In the country. I picked a current guy, Blake Hayes, Oh yeah, as the best punter, and I picked Dyke Edelman as the punt returner. Uh, Edelman might have been the most versatile yes. because he returned them and he kicked them. He had two kicks over 80 yards, didn't he? Yeah. Two punts. Uh-huh. And that's my— uh, And he played defensive back a lot, and he, he was a good all-around player. 40-man all-Illinois football, all-time football roster that's been in my notes for several months. But uh, that's well, that. Let's go to— Cranking them out. Yeah. Let, I knew I, why I didn't throw stuff away. Uh, Steve in Princeton, you've been hanging on. Good to hear from you. What's going on? 
Well, I just, you know, of course, this is football season and so forth, but I haven't heard you mention yet, but I've seen recently where a lot of the Christmas tournaments for high school basketball have already been canceled. Yeah. So I'm not even sure what basketball season is going to look like come uh, high school-wise in uh, December. Well, it doesn't look like we're going to be doing anything in the state. Oh, I shouldn't say anything. They're playing golf. They're doing some some things, but but the state is really shutting down uh, sports. In great but I mean, part. when you're talking about the the Pekin tournaments canceled already, the Bloomington Normal State Farm Classic's been canceled, and I think there's a third one that's already been canceled. But I'm not sure about the Pontiac tournament yet. Yeah, it's just a sign of the times, I'm afraid. So, like I said, election or whatever, but I know we're going to have Christmas at home this year. Yeah. Hey, Steve, appreciate the call. Okay, thanks. Keep yep. up the good work, guys. Thank you. 1035, need to take a break. We'll keep the phone lines open till 11, 356-9397. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. We're back after this. It is 1038, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk, chugging along until 11, Three five six nine three nine seven. Lauren's already made me one, made me made make me make one adjustment in adding a linebacker, uh, Bill Burrell. We've kind of forgot about him. Yeah, he's from Clifton Central. He was a fourth in Heisman voting in nineteen fifty nine. Huh? Yeah, Billy Cannon won the Heisman in nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, LSU. R- LSU. Uh, Ricky uh, Richie Lewis, who I don't remember at Penn State. Was second and Don Dan, Dan, Don Meredith, mm. SMU was third. Quarterback. Let's go back to the phones and Rick in Champaign. Hey, Rick. Hi, uh, uh, Lauren and Steve. Um, you mentioned Ben in your list. Uh, did he go on to play ball? Play pro ball after he was here? Yes, he did. At uh, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I I always like Regis. Philbin, uh, what a uh, nice guy. He, he was just such a pro, just a wonderful broadcaster for, I don't know, 50 years or however long it was. I'm so sorry to hear that he he uh, uh, passed away. But uh, uh, the thing I remember about him is uh, he was either a Notre Dame grad or a Notre Dame fan or both. And he was hosting his, the show with Kathy Lee. And I just happened to be tuned in and uh, saw it on the air, and he had a newspaper in his hand, uh, Sporting News or something, and he held it up with a big headline, and it says, Ben chooses Illinois. And he put the newspaper down, he looked right in the camera, he said, why in the world would he choose Illinois? Why would anyone want to play football at Illinois? And I'll never forget that, uh, you know, but uh, it was just one of those, those things, he was a, a, a strong Notre Dame fan, you know, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it was interesting on this national TV show, it kind of, of uh, slammed in Illinois. But so that's the way it is. Talking about Regis Ben made you think of Regis Philbin. You tied your Regis's oh, oh, together yes. there. Yes, yes, yes. I, yeah, uh, yeah, I may have misspoke. I meant Regis Philbin. No, you're yeah, good. You're yeah, good. Yeah. Hey, we appreciate the call, and uh, uh, we oh. uh, thank you for listening, Rick. Let's go okay, to, thanks, Steve. You bet. Let's go to Jim calling in from somewhere on I-74. What do you say, Jim? Hey, gents. How you doing today? Hey, I, I was a couple of things I was thinking about the lineman you mentioned. I, I thought great Adam Lingner 
long snapper for Illinois that played for the Buffalo Bills. But anyway, the, the main reason I called, hey, the, the biggest college football story in Illinois this week, what, what's the story on Auburn's top rusher from last year entering the transfer portal and winding up at Western Illinois University? What in the world is the story behind that? I'd like to know the story, but it has to be one, but I don't know it. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, I did hear about we, it, yes. We could have used him at the alma mater. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just trying to figure out, again, that school in Macomb with what they're doing with Nick Irvin on the basketball side and all those legitimate blue-chip recruits, and now they get an SEC football transfer hmm. to go there. I just can't. I just can't believe that. So I, I was just wondering. I just wondered if you guys knew what the story was, or why other schools passed on him, or why well, we you know, don't know they passed on him. We, just don't know. we don't know the story, but we don't know that anybody passed on him. Did you happen to see where this uh, young man is from originally? No, I don't think he's from Illinois. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what part, what part of the country he's. I, I'm not sure about that. Right. I just know he was their leading rusher last year and there really hasn't been a lot of attention placed on it in i haven't seen a lot of stories on it otherwise i think some you know some of the macomb area outlets have covered the story but it really does other than the fact that he's enrolled at the school you know there hasn't been a lot of reaction as to why he wound up in, in macomb of all places to play college football after being at a and you know that place uh, like all, Auburn every, the everybody that transfers now is asking for a waiver and everybody's getting them Everything's approved. Yeah. yeah, you can you can transfer yeah. you can transfer today to another school and ask for a waiver and they'd let you play right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Hey All Jim, right. thanks. thanks. Lot, guys. Yeah, appreciate you listening. Let's uh, go to Chuck calling from uh, Camargo. Hey Chuck. Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Okay. Oh, just been a while since I called in. Just got over this nasty virus. I don't wish it on anybody. Ugh. Uh, I want to talk about the starting five for Illinois basketball. I really see Corbello getting the start over Miller. What do you guys think? Well, uh, they play. Uh, I'm going to say they play different positions. I mean, one is a point. One is a point guard, Corbello, and uh, Miller is a shooting guard, right. just like Io. But you could only play one of them to start, right? Well, you well, may not start either one of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, at, at the beginning. You got Frazier and you got I, Io. Yeah, but I like Cabello is a pure point guard. Yeah. Io is not. That's right. I think having a three-guard lineup like that would really benefit Underwood's system. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? Well, you, I agree you would have Frazier in ahead of Miller? Yes. Okay. Do you like that, Lauren? Or I don't. I, I wouldn't. I don't have any idea because I'm not. I'm going to wait and see. I, you got two. You got two transfer uh, Hutcherson and, and Grandison that are going to figure in on the wings. You've got. Uh, uh, you've got uh, Demonte yeah. Williams that's going to figure in on the got wings. Demonte starting. I got Demonte and Kofi. But you can't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Demonte, Kofi, and then the three guards. Okay, uh, then you you don't have uh, Georgie in there, huh? No, or or Grandison or or Hutcherson. I'm I'm telling you that there's going to be a battle for those positions, 
And I I don't know, uh, Verdunk There's might... There's only going to benefit Illinois for the battles like that. That's true. That's true. make everybody better. Yep. So, All right, Chuck, thanks. Thank you. Yep. What, what we need and what we're not going to get is an extensive preseason where you can figure out who the best players are. Right. I can tell you right now that... I could any one of ten guys could be in that starting lineup. I mean, you you've got Hutcherson and Granderson are not to be overlooked. Well, the thing I like better than worrying about the starting lineup is I like to think about the rotation and yeah. how many guys are going to play. Well, he's going to play a lot. Yes, Underwood Underwood plays a lot anyway. Mm-hmm. He'll play at least ten, and he might be able to amp it up uh, in different ways with with that deeper rotation, amp it up defensively, and, and, and press and, a little more, play a little faster. And the final analysis, how good are the freshmen going to be defensively? Because Fraser plays pretty good defense, and, jo- and Fra- DeMonte Williams plays really good defense, and defense is really crucial with, with the coach. Yep. And so w- I can't guess who's going to start, and I can't guess how, he's gonna, the ro- how the rotation's going to be, but I know what, they're all going to get a shot. I just hope we all get to watch <laughs> in one way or another. 10.45, we'll take a break and be back with more Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on DWS. We've got uh, 12 minutes left. It's 10.48. If you'd like to join us, 356-9397. Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk here on a nice-looking uh, September Saturday. We'd all normally be getting ready for Big Ten football or at least uh, – non-conference football in, in a regular year, but we're not, so we're trying to move on and try to keep the shows coming. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Judy Steffen out in Oakwood uh, sent uh, Lauren and I a very nice email yesterday, last evening, about uh, our Lou Henson show that we did uh, in July, uh, a few days after the coach passed away, and I appreciate that very much, Judy. And um, she also um, mentioned Barb Barker, who Lauren and I know both know, and she has been uh, with the Rebounders forever, 45 years, yep, wow. since 1975, and uh, she is retiring. But uh, shout out to Barb. She's done great uh, work, in, uh, not only for the Rebounders, but uh, throughout the community as well. And thanks for Judy for uh, sending uh, along her uh, kind words about that show we did. It had Mary Henson and Mark Coombs and a lot of folks on that. That was a show that 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 came together nicely. It wasn't the easiest show that Lauren and I had ever done together, but I think uh, you and I kind of uh, helped each other through it. But uh, it, it was one that I'll always remember, no doubt. And even though uh, Lou is gone, uh, efforts continue uh, to get him in the Naismith Hall of Fame, and I think that still has a still is a real possibility. Yep. That's the only Hall of Fame in the history of the world that he is in. <laughs> That's right. Let's uh, go to the phones. Hey, Marty, I wondered where you were. How are you going? Well, I heard I heard my name, and I, I <laughs> thought, well, I don't want to call right away. I'll give him some time to think whether he should have done that or not. I am – and hi, Lauren, by the way. Howdy. Uh, Steve, I'm somewhat in awe that a mere suggestion from me would get you doing that much work and lugging that around with you. Well, you know, I did it. I did it the very next day. I did it on Sunday, yeah. the day after you mentioned it. Then I forgot about it. I've been, had it in my folder good. ever since. Good choices, and they'll they'll be backs and forth, but good choices. You know, the only thing I'm it caught me as I was thinking was that even Lauren, with his length of covering the Illini 
can't really tell us a lot about the the Zupke teams. <laughs> and it was a, a a different era when quarterbacks didn't throw maybe five times a game, if that, and receivers didn't get an opportunity to catch the ball much. And yet there were some great teams there. Hey, when they Morris, when they ran a single wing, as you probably know, the quarterback was a yep. blocker. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I ran the single wing. I played a. G- I've seen it done in the 70s and 80s, but not often. No. Very few people know what to do with it. There's a hell of a lot of double team blocks in the single wing too. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a different style of play, and uh, it's hard to measure those guys. And Steve, I thought you did great. I mean, tough choices. There's some great choices there. Yep. You just you know, have think, to kind of judge them against the people that they played against. Yeah. I mean, in that you know, era. I think about a guy, when, when, I was a, when I was a kid growing up, uh, Illinois didn't throw the ball much. Bob Naponic was a quarterback, but John Wright was a pretty good receiver. He was a really good receiver, and, very good. Yeah. And he was I a good player for Detroit until he uh, hurt his leg. Blew out his Achilles. Yeah. I wonder how he would have fared in uh, today's, you know, you know, in today's college game where they throw more and a receiver was more in oh, play. Oh, he'd catch a bunch of passes. That's what he would do. Huh? I think so. He had speed as, you know, I worked with John a little bit. He told me a story one time, which is worthy of the listeners, I think. Freshmen didn't get to play back when he came into Illinois. Right. And so the freshmen practiced outside on a different side of the stadium, On I think on the west side. And uh, he got called up to varsity practice one day. And he thought he was in the big time. I mean, look at this. They're calling for me to come up to the varsity. He went up there, and they took him aside and said, we want you to line up here on this defensive end, and whatever you do, you get to the quarterback. Uh, what he didn't know was that during practice that day, they were working on whoever they were playing, and the center, if there wasn't a blitz, was supposed to get to the backside rush. Well, the center on that team, who also played middle linebacker, was Dick Buckus. <laughs> and uh, he said he he pinned his ears back. He was going to show the coaches. He rushed, and he was within just arm's length of getting to the quarterback. And all of a sudden, he was sent flying about 10 yards. <laughs> and he looked up, and Buckus had been getting reamed by Elliott all day in practice. And uh, he said that was about as hard as he ever got hit in his life. So beware when the coaches call for you to come up to the varsity. <laughs> hey, Marty, thanks. I want to squeeze another call in here if I can before we go, but it's always good to hear from you. Thanks, Marty. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's go to Mike in Decatur. Hey, Mike. Morning, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, listen, um, I heard you mentioned uh, with regard to a possible new vote, there may be a few uh, holdouts, maybe Illinois and Northwestern, maybe a couple others. Do you think it's at all a realistic possibility that if, the majority, that is, I guess it's nine conference teams vote to play a football season. Uh, do you think Illinois and Northwestern could just hold out and, and not play at all? No. I can't make it any more loud than that. No. They will play. That's, that's sort of my impression, too. It's, uh, it's, it's a strange time. But I just I just wonder if um, you know the politics being what they are that some of these teams Illinois and Northwestern chief among them may just sort of uh, decide not to play. But I, I agree it's just hard for me to imagine a situation where you know if the conference collectively votes in favor of playing this season that that any team 
just decides not to play. But I've seen that bandied about on social media and what have you. I know. I know. And, and some people say that Northwestern and, and Illinois won't play because of Pritzker. But um, I don't think Pritzker can control that. They're part of the league, and if okay. they want to stay in the league, they got to play. Yeah, I think that's right. All right, boys, have a good, right, good, good weekend. Yep, yeah, thanks, Mike. We appreciate it. 10.55, we'll take our final break and be back with more after this. Stay with us. Two minutes left in the program. Let's squeeze one more call in. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind this morning? Yes, uh, thanks, sir. Taking my call, I didn't know I'd make it in or not. But anyway, guys, this is not exactly about sports. This is a, a little different situation. Last week or this week, there was an article in the paper that two uh, uh, students were suspended or expelled or something for uh, getting too close or whatever with the, the virus, I mean, social distancing. And then they said a hundred was looked at. Well, then as you pass forward a couple of days, that football player—I can't think of his name—he uh, initiated a big protest, and they all uh, marched to the police station. Which that kind of makes me mad. I mean, like they think all police are killing people. But then, as you see it on TV, all these kids are kneeling down, locked arms. And that now is that uh, is that hypocritical or what? I mean, or is anything going to happen to these kids that are, well, are not social distancing? I think they had masks on. I think they. Uh, I don't. I don't care about the masks, but they locked arms. That's no. what. Uh, that's what. Where uh, you I, know. I will tell you distancing. that these guys get tested every day, and they're tested in the morning, and they know whether they. they well, what about the students that were marching with them? Well, I don't know anything about the stu. I don't know about students, but I do know that the, say, the athletes uh, well, are being tested. And uh, they know that they don't have it. Jim, we are out of time. We appreciate you taking time to call, Mr. Tate. Have a good rest of the weekend. All right. Thanks to everybody for listening. Baseball this afternoon, a doubleheader this afternoon and tonight. Cardinals and the Cubs. The White Sox play in Kansas City. This has been Illini Pella's Saturday Sports Talk for Lauren Tate and our producer Blake Landa. I'm Steve Kelly. Thanks for listening and have a good weekend.